This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus, in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you have a Bible, we're going to pick up in Mark's Gospel, chapter 7. We're back in our series, Miracles of the New Testament. We come to the 22nd by our reckoning. Jesus heals a Gentile woman's demon-possessed daughter. So what we're doing in 2023 is walking through the miracles of the New Testament, looking for patterns and principles. If God's people could learn to look for and then apply the principles and patterns they see in the miracles of the New Testament, they could live their lives and hardly have an unmet need. Now, this is recorded in Matthew 15 and Mark 7. Let's look at Mark first. Mark 7, 24, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. That's in modern day, well, that's Tyre of Sidon. That's in modern day Lebanon. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go, the demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Now, as he so often did, Jesus just spoke a word of command and it was done. If you're taking notes this morning, number one, healing is the children's bread. Say it out loud. Healing is the children's bread. Say it again. Healing is the children's bread. So if you are a child of God, healing belongs to you. Now, we've been dealing on Wednesday nights with this word, ateo, especially in John's gospel, to demand your rights. And I don't mean to get off course here, but I already am. So it's not a matter of demanding God do this and demanding God do that. It's not a matter of telling God what to do, but... When you understand who you are and what you possess and you take your place, your life changes. Let me run that by again. When you understand who you are and what you possess and you take your place, your life changes. You see, healing belongs to us. Say it out loud. Healing belongs to us. When Christina was still in college, one day I'm in my office at our last house. My office was upstairs and it had a, a balcony looking over to the family room. 
And I, I heard her come in the door and I heard her messing about in the kitchen. And then I heard this little voice, Daddy, there's some leftover pizza in the refrigerator. Can I have that? And, and I walked over to the banister of my office looking down into the family room. She was, up there, she was down there looking up. I said, sweetheart, all that I have is yours. You can have anything you want. That's what the Father God is saying to you this morning. Hallelujah. 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 See, as long as we see our adversary being Father God, dangling the healings and the blessings and the promises and making us dance for it, we don't get any traction. But when we begin to see Satan is our adversary and the problem is never God, the problem is always Satan, and then we see that he is our wonderful and our beautiful and our loving and our gracious and our kind Father in heaven, hallelujah, and he says to the congregation of Faith Christian Center this morning, healing is the children's bread. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's our right. And so if we get tough, if we get strong, it's not with Father God, it's with the devil. Take your hands off my body. Healing is the children's bread. Pain, you have no right to be in my body. Healing is the children's bread. Symptoms, you have no right to remain in my body. Healing is the children's bread. Can you see what it means to demand your rights? You know who you are, you know what belongs to you, and you take your place. We're not beggars. Say it out loud. This is old school stuff from my 30. Say it out loud. We're not beggars. We're, not beggars. We're, dominion We're dominion takers. Say it again. We're not beggars. We're, not beggars. We're dominion takers. Amen. It's an attitude thing. Tyre is in modern day Lebanon. Jesus was, not outside, Jesus was outside Israel. And this woman was not a daughter of Abraham. Yet because of her faith, Jesus showed her mercy. The woman's daughter was possessed by an evil spirit. That, that would be tough. That would be a heartbreak. Amen. We take all this for granted. You have to understand, how many here this morning are born again? Lift up a hand. You're, you know Jesus. You're born again. You're saved. Hallelujah. How many here this morning are filled with the Holy Spirit of God? You, you know what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. See, we take all this for granted. But those, po those folks out there who don't know God, don't know the Holy Spirit, what are they going to do with a demon-possessed child? Now, 2,000 years later, they, they take them to a shrink and they drug them up. But that doesn't cure anything. Do you understand? Sedating the body when there's a demon on the inside does not cure the problem. It just sedates the body. She fell at his feet and begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. And what did Jesus say? <laughs> Sweet Jesus. PC Jesus. Non-offensive Jesus, in touch with his feminine side. The, uh, I'm being facetious, of course. What did Jesus say? First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. 
This is why Paul wrote in Romans 4, 16 and 17, therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Say it out loud, all Abraham's offspring. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. Say it out loud. I'm of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. Say it out loud. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. And Galatians 3, 7, understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. Say it out loud, I believe, and I'm a child of Abraham. Verse 9, so those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Say it out loud, I'm blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Verses 13 and 14, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. by He redeemed us, what tense is that? He redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. In verse 29, if you belong to Christ. How many here this morning belong to Christ? If you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Hallelujah. And this is why John wrote in 1 John 3, 1 and 2, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So if you are a child of God, healing belongs to you. I said, if you are a child of God, healing belongs to you. I said, if you're a child of God, healing belongs to you. I said, if you're, see, we, let me tell you what. It's a, it's a total, absolute, defeatist mentality that, that I'm trying to get God to do something. I spent at least half of my adult life trying to get God to do this trying to get God to do that, and in his grace, and in his mercy, and in his kindness, and in his long-suffering, he, he demonstrated many answers and blessings upon me. But as I have grown in this over the decades, I have seen that he is my wonderful, my beautiful, my loving, my kind, my gracious heavenly father, and I don't need to talk him into anything any more than Austin or Christina need to talk me into anything. Hallelujah. I go, I enter, I have learned to enter his gates with thanksgiving and to enter his courts with praise. I have learned what David said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I have evolved, and I'm not trying to get God to do a doggone thing. I get up in the morning, and I, I enter in. I walk in. I enjoy 
what is his will for me in the first place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that is every need met, every bill paid, no pain in my body, no symptoms in my body, living on the top, not on the bottom. Hallelujah. Living in covenant, walking in covenant all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, as long as you're trying to get, get something from the Lord, your mentality is wrong. Yes. Your thinking is wrong. That he's holding something back. That's a brutal example, but I'll, sure, I'll go down that road. So last time I ever went with my father to a, a, a mall, of course, it was a discount mall. That's all he ever did. And he, there was this brand that he liked, and I never liked it. And uh, so I went with him. I was trying to be, you know, kind, trying to witness to him, trying to tell him about the Lord. And I was with my mom and dad. Sue and the kids probably were some, doing something. We were in Cincinnati. So we go to this mall, this discount mall. We go to this store, and uh, he played this game with me. You know, try those on. Do you like them? Do you like them? Do you like them? Do you like it, it, it made me a beggar. You like them? You like them? And, and if I said I liked them enough, and if I groveled enough, then maybe, 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 if they were half price, then he'd get me a pair of shoes. But see... I got around my daddy, Fred Price, too much. And, and uh, see, I was walking tall by that point. I said, no, I don't like them. <laughs> you don't want to try them on? No, I don't want to try them on. I don't like them. You sure you don't want to try them on? No, no, I don't like them. See, I graduated. Amen. I graduated from Beggarville yes. to Faithville. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to do that. I'm going to graduate from Beggarville to Faithville. Hallelujah. See, what my father, my natural father didn't know is I had another father. And I carry him with me all the time. Hallelujah. And he meets every need. Not only that, he meets every desire. Delight yourself in the Lord because you know what religious folks say. Well, he promised to meet your need, but not your desires. Look, I can't help you if, you, if you're ignorant. Well, I'm not ignorant. I didn't say stupid. I said ignorant. I'm, a, I'm ignorant of a lot of stuff. You know, they, I see these cities in the news where stuff's going on, and I got to look it up. I'm, I don't know that. I got to look that up. Well, that's the same way with this right here. You have to look it up and find out Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So don't let religious people tell you that he'll meet your needs but not your desires. They say there's no promise in the word of God that he'll, he'll meet your desires. Well, sure, there, there's many. I'm just giving you one. Hallelujah. And I learned not to complain about money. I learned to open my mouth and say, my father will cover it. Hallelujah. I learned to open my mouth and say the money's coming, the money's on the way. Hallelujah. Say it out loud, healing is the children's bread. Say it again, healing is the children's bread. Number two, if you're taking your notes, and, and this is kind of rugged, but we're here. You know, the 22nd miracle is by our count in the New Testament. Number two, write it down. In fact, you ought to write it down 
You ought to highlight it. You ought to text it to your, well, you can't text it to yourself. Text it to somebody you know. Say, text this back to me. Email it. Whatever you can do. Number two, offense is a killer. Number two, offense is a killer. Years ago, I was sitting in a champion builder group being led by Dennis Tuttle. And Dennis told the men there, most of whom were new to Faith Christian Center, if you can just get past the offense, you'll find every answer you need. The word is offensive. In fact, the preaching of the word is foolishness to them that perish. We know this because the apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So the upside down strategy most of these ministers out here have taken is to make the gospel non-offensive, to make the gospel non-offensive. But faith is offensive, and the gospel is offensive, and truth is offensive, and God's word is offensive. Modern ministers are like modern doctors who no longer tell people they need to get some weight off. They don't tell patients that because that would be offensive. So they wait until the patient has diabetes or a heart attack and then they just prescribe pills and surgeries and they deem that to be non-offensive. And when these modern ministers try to make the gospel non-offensive, they are doing to the gospel what doctors are now doing to little boys. They are castrating the gospel and making the gospel impotent. I mean, my wife just read this testimony of a man celebrating 20 years cocaine free. That's the power of God. I said, that's the power of God. But in our day and age, people would be offended if you say you ought to get off drugs. You can, there's a better life. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, to bring you life and life more abundantly. See, the, the gospel, this is what it does. It's like one of those old Batman shows, you know, pow! That's what the gospel does. I get convicted. I would imagine at least once a year, Sue gets convicted. So why would we think we're going to hear the word of God preached and not get the pow? It happens. Tell your neighbor, it happens. What did Jesus say? First, let the children eat all they want. He told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. You know, in the course of my 50 years of ministry and 39 and a half years of pastoring, I've come across literally countless people who were easily offended and hence received nothing from the Lord. Their so-called faith was negated because they wore their feelings on their shirt sleeve. Everyone who claims to be a Christian needs to meditate on and master uh, the meaning of Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Say it out loud. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I mean, who gets offended at the preaching of the Word of God? The Bible, Satan, and lost people. And people like that won't make it. They won't make it. They won't make it. 
What kind of people are going to make it? Matthew eleven twelve, 12, Jesus said, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay a hold of it. Forceful. Forceful. Not uh, people running around like six-year-old girls with their feelings hurt all the time. Amen. I got a great title for Father's Day 2024. Apparently, the guys didn't like the title this year. I think I got a great title for next year. I told the Lord, you know, he never listens to me. I told him, I said, they won't like that. That's too much. But he, he kept bringing it back, bringing it back, bringing it back. Give your way to the top. So I just do as I'm told. But I got a great title for next year. What is a man? And you know what? A man is not someone who runs around with their feelings on their shirt sleeve. Someone who runs around, you know, he, her, my feelings. <laughs> Listen, you have no idea how easy you have it. Because I've been doing this 50 years, and to this point, I've never called anybody a dog. That's what he did. He called her a dog, which tells you the status of people that are not under the covenant. Outside. See, we have not recognized who we are. We are, we are the faith children of Abraham. And the doors, thank God, thank God, thank God, the doors have been flung op open for the Gentiles. Thank God, thank God, thank God. <laughs> Listen, when the Lord calls you a dog, it's time to start barking. <laughs> because at the end of the day, are you of the mentality about you don't want to get your feelings hurt or are you of this woman's mentality that she knew what she wanted and she was going to get it? Amen. She knew what she wanted and she was going to get it. See, if she had allowed herself to be offended, her daughter would have remained demon-possessed. So what was more important, the daughter or her feelings? And I don't know how many men I have seen over these 50 years, and they, they look, if you want to shipwreck yourself, fine. But who has a right to shipwreck their entire family? But they do it because they get their feelings hurt. But notice that this woman was not offended, for she said in Mark 7, 28, yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. So basically, when Jesus called her a dog, she just pressed on. She chose to not be offended by the Lord. Hence, she received the desire of her heart. She chose to not be offended at the Lord. I'm laughing because, you know, it can be offensive. You know, that's why people don't pray. Because he'll talk to you when you pray. And, and he'll tell you what to do. And he's not bashful about it. And he'll correct you. And he's not bashful about it. It can be offensive. 
Hallelujah. But if you're going to get anywhere with God, you have to make up your mind and not be offended at the word from the Lord and press on and get the prize. And what was Jesus' response in Mark 7, 29? Then he told her, for such a reply you may go. The demon has left your daughter. Again, we see an example of healing or deliverance through authority. What we're dealing here with is authority. And as he so often did, Jesus just spoke a word of command and it was done. She went home, verse 30, and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Now let's look at Matthew's account. Matthew 15, 21, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him to, and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. So she was persistent. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. He equated her not being offended and persisting with having great faith. Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed from that hour. So what did Jesus commend? He commended her answer. When you're under pressure, what do you say to the Lord? When you are under pressure, what do you say to the Lord? He commended her answer, and he commended her faith. Mark calls her a Greek, Syrophoenician, but Matthew calls her a Canaanite. She was outside the covenant of Abraham. Yet because of her faith, Jesus showed her mercy. She didn't have any right to healing, but Jesus showed her mercy because of her answer, because of her faith. Matthew 15, 24, he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. In, in John 4, 22, Jesus said, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Now, since the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the doors of salvation have been flung open to the Gentiles. But at that point in time, salvation was, was of the Jews. So Jesus was pointing out to her that she was outside the covenant of Abraham and therefore had no rights to the blessings of that covenant. I explained this earlier. You and I are born again, born from above. We have faith in Jesus, so therefore we have rights. We have covenant rights. Our problem is not that we don't have rights. Our problem is that we have not believed it, taken action on it, confessed it, and began taking our place in it. Matthew records her continued begging in Matthew 15, 25. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. Then to add insult to injury, Jesus said in verse 26, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And then the woman shines. She does not get offended. She wasn't walking by her feelings. She was walking by faith. And she was determined to get the desire of her heart. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? Are, is anybody here have anything you need from the Lord? Anybody here have something you desire from the Lord? She, she made up her mind. She was not going to be offended, but she pressed right on in. And listen, if this woman who was not 
under the covenant, got the desire of her heart, what is going to stop you under the covenant from getting the desire of your heart? Can you see that? Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Now that's faith. What comes out of your mouth when you're under pressure? I said, what comes out of your mouth when you're under pressure? That's faith. Tell your neighbor, that's faith. Tell the neighbor on the other side, that's faith. Verse 28, then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed from that very hour. So what did Jesus commend? He commended her answer, and he commended her faith. Then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and, your, and her daughter was healed from that very hour. So far in this series, we have seen a pattern that Jesus often followed to affect healing in the lives of the people he encountered, a biblical pattern, a Jesus pattern, if you will, for healing. Touching or the laying on of hands is one Bible way to release healing. The ministry of Jesus is also a ministry of compassion, a ministry of helping people, not keeping them down. The ministry of Jesus is a ministry of deliverance, for the suffering, not a ministry to try and keep the suffering suffering. The ministry of Jesus is a ministry that causes joy. There is joy when people are saved, delivered, set free, and healed. Jesus was not put off by so-called difficult cases. He healed many various diseases, many kinds of diseases. There were no cases outside of his mercy. There were no cases that were too difficult for the Lord. Jesus brought both healing to the sick and deliverance to the demon-possessed by speaking words, words of authority. So speaking directly to sickness, speaking directly to demonic oppression is another Bible way to release and affect healing. We have also seen repeatedly that anointing stirs up criticism. No one apparently was critical of the do-nothing religious leaders of Jesus' day. But when faith manifests itself, the devil shows up, and that includes the critics. As, as we know from our present day and age, no one criticizes the unsuccessful. But it's open season on the successful. And as we see in the life of Jesus, this is true as well in the ministry. And finally, when the Lord does something wonderful in your life, it is normal to go and tell it everywhere. What Jesus has done in your life, he wants to do now through your life. I said what Jesus has done in your life, he now wants to do through your life. Number three, write it down, words heal and words kill. Number three, words heal and words kill. The Syrophoenician woman who followed Jesus was outside the Abrahamic covenant, and Jesus wouldn't even listen to her. He wouldn't even acknowledge her request because he said healing is the children's bread. The disciples said, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. She said, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. This mother came to Jesus crying out 
for help for her daughter wanting a miracle for her little daughter who was at home in such horrible need. Finally, Jesus turned and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. But the woman answered Jesus, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Think about it. A woman could say something, confess something, and a devil would leave her daughter. Think about the power. A woman could say something, confess something, and a, a devil leave her daughter. Yeah, but that was back, that was back when Jesus was on the earth. Again, we need to get unignorant. That may not be a word, but it communicates. Because if we had been alive in Jesus' day, we would have to do what she did. She had to seek him out. And we have not understood the power of what happened on the day of Pentecost because after the day of Pentecost, God's power is present everywhere all the time. I don't have to go anywhere. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He said, I am with you always. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. In him, Amen. we live yes. and move Amen. and have our being. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you do that, you got a handful of the Holy Spirit. He is everywhere. He is in this room. People, get, people, if somebody stood up and shouted and said, you know, oh my gosh, I saw an angel, everybody get excited. Who cares about an angel? The other night, I went to bed early and there was a glow in the room and I said, I said, look, I don't know who this is or what's going on, but you need to, I got to get up. I got to get up and pray. So we need to dim these lights. <laughs> Light tapered down. If somebody over here jumped up and said, oh, 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 there's an angel. I see an angel. Everybody get excited. What's wrong with people? The Holy Spirit is all around us every moment of every day. When we lay our head down at night, we're, we're, we're drowning in the Holy Spirit. When we get up in the morning, we wake up in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Shout out loud in him. We live and move and have our being. See, she had to seek him out. We wake up in him. We go to sleep in him. We live our lives in him. Say it out loud. The power of God is present everywhere all the time. So we don't have to go over there. 
We don't have to seek him out over there. But think about it. A woman could say something, confess something, and a demon would leave her daughter. Jesus told her the devil had gone out of her daughter because of what she had said. I tell you, a lot of devils are in daughters. Some of you all need to wake up. That TikTok's a gateway to demons. What's that next one now? They're using for pedophilia. Snapchat, is it called Snapchat? Yeah. You need to wake up. You need to wake up. Some of you need to put a big rubber band around your head and snap it. You need to wake up. Oh, pastor, you know it's so horrible. They're, you know, up north, they're doing drag queen shows in schools. Look, they're doing that in Texas. You just haven't woke up. Oh, pastor, it's so terrible up in Canada. You know, they're, they're doing euthanasia and they're doing drag queen shows and all that. You, your, your children are watching drag queen shows on TikTok in their bedroom because you have no parental controls on the devices. Yeah, well, we want to talk about those up north states and how wicked and how evil. It's in your house. Thousands and thousands and thousands of girls are getting Tourette syndrome watching TikTok. What's Tourette syndrome? It's demon possession. There's a lot of daughters with devils. And there's a lot of husbands with devils. And there's a lot of wives with devils. And a lot of children with devils. And a lot of men with devils. And a lot of women with devils because of what we permit, because of what we allow, and because of what we say. Wrong words open doors for the devil and the powers of darkness. This Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus worshiping him and saying. She came to Jesus worshiping him and saying. Her daughter was many miles away from her, but so powerful is the confession of words that because of what the mother said, she procured healing for her daughter. Her daughter was delivered of a demon because of what she said. So my friends here this morning, it's important what you say. The Bible says, if you will not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. And when you pray, believe that you receive, and you shall have whatsoever you say. Did you know that you are right now a composite of what you have been saying? Did you, know, did you know that you possess in your body, in your mind, in your physical being, in your spiritual being, and in your financial accounts what you have been saying if you're weak and defeated check yourself you are the product of what you have been saying because you receive what you say shout it out loud I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might 
If you want your life to change, you must change what you are saying. If you want to change your life, you've got to change your confession. The miracle is in your mouth. No minister can help you if you persist in confessing the works of the devil in darkness in your life. No minister can help you if you will not believe and confess what God has said in his word. The miracle you need is in your mouth. So take the word of faith and speak it forth over your lips and out of your mouth. Confess what you have believed in your heart. This is why study time is so important. There's no victory in watching television. There's no victory in social media. In our study course, The Dominion Principle, we call this taking authority over your life. You gotta take authority over your life. It's your life, it's not the devil's life. It's your mind, it's not the devil's mind. It's your body, it's not the devil's body. The miracle you need is in your mouth. You know, Marilyn Hickey told Sue once, if you, want a, if you want a big crowd, make sure and have the word Satan in your title. People are mesmerized by demon stuff. I mean, you know, like I said, if, if somebody jumped up and said, oh, there's an angel here this morning, everybody get excited. But I'll tell you what, what else would excite people. If somebody jumped up, they were foaming from their mouth and they stumbled toward me and I cast the devil out of them, everybody would be all excited about that. You know, people just love demon stuff. That's why they do all these demon movies around, you know, October. People love this stuff, The Walking Dead, all of that. You know, all of this demon stuff. But God's people... Let all that demon stuff in their homes by what they listen to, by what they watch, by what they let their kids listen to, by what they let their kids watch. I mean, just think, if there was no rap music, if there was no pop music, if everybody was listening to Mozart, everything would calm down. I read a fascinating article in San Francisco and other major metropolitan areas. They figured out how to keep homeless people out of their shops and stores. They put classical music on. It's amazing. What are we watching? What are we listening to? What are our children watching? What are our children listening to? No point, no point, you know, in, you know, being all enthralled about somebody getting delivered when we're inviting Satan. I mean, we, we heard a great testimony here this morning about a man celebrating 20 years cocaine free. What, what good is that gonna do if, if you let your children go drink Bud Light at Target. <laughs> what the hell are y'all doing? <laughs> These are the most dangerous days 
in 6,000 years to have a child in the home. And people are clueless. They're coming at your children with Marxism. They're coming at your children with gender ideology. They're coming at your children with critical race theory. They're coming at your children. I mean, it's like, it's like an onslaught from 15 different directions. You got to protect them. You got to guard them. You have to, you have to help them because they don't know. And kids are curious. You have to help them keep their minds clean. And how about you? How many of y'all watched something this week with naked people? This is why the church isn't bigger. <laughs> Pow! What are we filling our minds with? You cannot fill your mind with toilet water six days a week and compensate by coming to Faith Christian Center on Sunday morning and getting some word. These are the days to meditate on the word and fill ourselves up with the word and live for God with all of our heart and with all of our strength and with all of our mind, all of our mind, all of our mind. That means I can't have my mind on the, in garbage. All of our minds and all of our strength and all of our soul and live for God wholeheartedly because the next event on the calendar is the blast from Gabriel's trumpet and three Three words from Father God come up hither. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we need to gird our loins and put on the breastplate of righteousness, and we need to win every day of our lives and not give the devil a place, not to give the devil a place in our minds, and not give the devil a place in our homes, and not give the devil a place in our bodies. Yes. Hallelujah and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and run him off and run him out and not let him in in the first place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And have the attitude and mentality of Joshua. It may all be going to hell out there, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. I want to give an opportunity for people to make their commitments and decisions for the Lord. Maybe you've never heard, maybe you've never heard the word preached. Maybe you've never heard the gospel presented strongly. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation chapter 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. See, the work's been done. That's what we were talking about this morning. The work's been done. My place is to believe the good report. Make Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of my life and then, then get into the Word and find out what the benefits of the covenant are and then walk in the benefits. But it all begins with faith. You know, we talked about healing this morning, but faith doesn't begin with 
healing. We didn't talk about prosperity, but faith doesn't begin with prosperity. We didn't talk about success, but faith doesn't begin with success. Faith begins by making Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of our lives individually and personally. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never done that, but I want to do so this morning. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to be forgiven of my sins. If that's you this morning, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where to I can see it. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to be included in this prayer. Maybe you're here this morning and you're backslidden. You're not living for the Lord like you once did. And, and nobody's going to judge anything because nobody's going to know why somebody's responding to a particular altar call. But it could be that you've allowed yourself to go into old habits, old patterns, old lifestyles, and you've been, you've been caught up in some of this. You open the door. And I know one thing about the devil, man. You open the door, he will come in because he is mean. And he intends to destroy. The word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I'm away from God, I'm backslidden. I told the Lord that I, I loved him and I did. I meant it when I prayed it, but I have not been living for him. I know it. And I want to recommit my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. Lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Father, I thank you for your word. It is an incorruptible seed. It has gone forth into the hearts of the hearers. It will not return to you empty or void, but it will accomplish what you desire and achieve the purpose for which you've sent it. For the sake of those watching online, you may be watching online and you want to, you want to give your life to Jesus. You, you could be bound like this woman's daughter was bound. You could be bound and you want to be set free. Let's everybody pray together for anyone watching online that wants to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life or they want to recommit their life to God. Father God, I give you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing and I've lived for self. But today I turn and I repent of that way of living and I give you my life. In the name of Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me, sanctify me, purify my life, take out of my heart anything that would hinder me in my walk with you and put within me a heart that loves you and loves your word. And I thank you for it, Father God. I thank you for not rejecting me, but for receiving me unto yourself and into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer, watching online, you can write to us. You can contact us at fccarlington.com salvation. Let us know about your decision. We'd love to send you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. And if you need a Bible, let us know. We'll send you a Bible. Amen. God has met all of our needs and paid all of our bills, so we're able to be a blessing on every occasion. Can I get an amen?